may want to see me in a Disney film. Could you animate me? Do you think I've got the uh, look? Let's see, okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. I do have quite a big head, so if you can make it smaller, that would be great. <laughs> whoa, 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 we've not got to that bit. Let's start at the top. Hello, welcome to Stream It. This is the film and TV podcast full of things for you to watch. My name's Connor, and this week's episode is a very magical Disney special. Disney turns 100 this year, and to celebrate, we were invited to the Disney 100 exhibition at the Excel Centre in London. It was super duper cool and yes, very magical. They have more than 250 rarely seen artefacts, works of art, costumes and props all on display for you to see. And we love a top five, so uh, we're going to do a top five recommendation on Stream It today. So I thought I'd give you my top five picks for the most awesome parts of the Disney universe that I come across in the exhibition. Plus, there may be some special guests along the way. We love a special guest, don't we? Right, let's get going. So uh, I need you to do something for me. I need you to grab your favourite flavoured popcorn. As always, get yourself nice and comfy. This is Fun Kids Stream It. Now, 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 before we delve into the Disney 100 exhibition itself, I think we better do a speedy rundown of the last 100 years of the Disney universe. On October the 16th, 1923, Walt Disney was a young filmmaker in Los Angeles, USA, when he first made a series of short films about a girl in a cartoon world based on Alice in Wonderland. The company was originally called Disney Brothers Cartoon Studio. Walt and his sibling Roy soon changed it to what we all know, the Walt Disney Studio. And the Walt Disney Universe was born. Now, 100 years later, Disney has released... Can you guess how many movies? What do you think? 493 movies that we all love so much. That's a lot of movies to fit into one exhibition. So here's me from the past to take you through a whistle-stop tour of the last 100 years of Disney, straight from the Disney 100 exhibition itself. I'm here at the Disney 100 exhibition at the XL, and uh, I've come across a timeline which I'd love to share with you. We're going to start at the 1920s. Alice's Day at Sea, the first Alice comedy is released on March the 1st, 1920. Then the 1930s, a Mickey Mouse book was first seen, the first Disney book published, 1930. Such a long time ago, but Mickey was created. All of a sudden, I think in 1932 and the 1930s, Disney's getting recognised. Then in the 40s, we go to 1941, we saw Dumbo. Dumbo! 1941, I love Dumbo so much, so, so cool. Bambi as well, based on the acclaimed book by Felix Sorton, that is 1942. Then, the 1950s, I mean, Disney's been around forever. Treasure Island, Disney's first completely live-action feature film. 1950 was the first ever feature film, how cool is that? Then we move on to the 1960s, the Aristocats, oh! First feature-length animated film made without Walt. Yes, in 1970, Walt would have sadly passed away by this time. And uh, the Walt Disney World Resort as well. First phase of the Florida Project opens October 1st. I bet you didn't know that that started in 1971. And then we fly into the 1980s, the Disney Store. Ah, the first retail store exclusively for Disney merchandise opens. We all love a Disney store. That was 1987, the first ever Disney store. How many have you been to since then? And then, Who Framed Roger Rabbit as well, 1988. Winner of four Academy Awards, obviously, made by Disney. So great. 
the 1990s. As you can see, all the way back from the 1920s, it has grown so much. And Disney's Animal Kingdom theme park, Disney's largest park at 500 acres in the 1990s. Wow, very, very good. Oh, and the Disney Cruise Line, by the way. Lots happened in the 90s. 1998, Disney launches its first passenger cruise line. It's a Disney boat, basically. Then the 2000s, Tokyo Disney Sea Park opens at Tokyo Disney Resort. That was in 2001. And then 2010. You know what happened in 2010. We saw Tangled. Tangled was created. And Tangled has to be one of my all-time... It has to be, right? It has to be one of my faves. Oh, Tangled. Wow. One of the best films ever. And Marvel's The Avengers as well. The first film in the Avengers series, 2012. And then, 2020, Luca. Have you seen Luca? If you haven't seen Luca, watch Luca. It's really, really great. And uh, yeah, well, loads happened in 2020. A very, very cool time for Disney. Oh, and I also wanted to mention as well, in the 2000s, we're just going back, 2006, High School Musical. Yeah, I think we'll leave it there. Bye. Now, there was much to see at the exhibition. I really enjoyed myself. As you can see as well, so much of Disney has happened over the last 100 years. Trying to get that into an exhibition, I imagine it's quite a tough job. From original drawings, they were there, of your favourite characters, to actual props used in the live-action movies were some of the things that I was able to discover at the exhibition. Here are my top five parts of the Disney universe on display at the exhibition. So my first pick is from one of Disney's most famous movies. So let's go back to the past a little bit to when I stumbled upon a frozen exhibit. You have to keep an eye, or rather an ear, out for. Okay, so this is really exciting in here. So when you come, not only can you look at things, you can listen to things. And here, here, look, here, you put these headphones on. Let it go, let it go. Basically, they're singing Let It Go in loads of different languages because obviously it was all over the world and it's great, so cool. So Frozen has been translated or dubbed into 41 different languages and the really, really, really cool bit about being at the exhibit is you can put headphones on and you can listen and watch on a screen Frozen being sung, let it go, obviously, by all of the different women around the world and every single line is sung in a different language and it cuts to them singing it in the studio. It is so, so cool. It's also uh, very clever, isn't it, that it's sung in so many different languages and then it all pieced together to kind of make the whole song you gotta check it out and send us your voice message over at funkidslive.com if you could try singing frozen in another language go on i might even try and sing it with you although i'm not very good at french german spanish or any language second on my list oh i am so so excited to talk about this i got chatting to eric Goldberg, an actual animator and director from the studios. So as I was walking through the exhibition, I saw this rather cool, interesting man sitting at a desk with a pencil and, uh, well, some paper. And I thought, hmm, he looks interesting. Let's have a chat. It turned out to be Eric Goldberg. And, uh, well, he's pretty epic at drawing. Eric, um, well, you are an absolute genius when it comes to Disney things. Would you like to explain what you do for Disney first off? Well... Primarily, I am an animator for Disney, and the way the Disney system works when we create a film is the supervising animator 
is the keeper of a particular character. So, for example, on Aladdin, I was the keeper of the genie. I designed the character, you know, supervised all the animation and so on and so forth. And I also direct as well. So it's kind of the difference between being in front of the camera and being behind the camera. You have to kind of look at the whole big picture when you're directing. Uh, and when you're animating, you can concentrate more on performance. So I've done things like The Genie, I animated Phil in Hercules, uh, co-directed Pocahontas, uh, directed two pieces in Fantasia 2000, uh, animated Louis the Alligator in The Princess and the Frog, and Minnie Maui the Tattoo in Moana. Wow. <laughs> so did you say you created The Genie in Aladdin? Yeah. That was my first Disney job, that guy. Um. <laughs> wow, you created him. Yeah. So I have to ask because uh, I'm not much of a drawer, I'll okay. be honest with you, I'm not great at it. But how do you start with even creating a character as iconic as Genie from Aladdin? Like, what do you look for in those characters when you're creating them? Well, first of all, I have to say that animation is a very collaborative process. So he didn't just spring fully formed from my head. It started with the directors, John Musker and Ron Clements, who had an idea of what they wanted the genie, who they wanted the genie to be. And in fact, they could actually write their script in the voice of the actor they wanted to cast. In this case, it was Robin Williams they wanted, but they didn't get him yet. So they had me animate a couple of routines uh, off of one of um, Robin's comedy albums to a genie. Wow. <laughs> And then they brought Robin in to take a look at it, and he signed on the dotted line. And wow. it was one of the great thrills of my life to have made Robin Williams laugh. So, you know, it... And he was always a big, big fan of animation. So once he saw these pencil tests, he really understood what that character could be with his involvement and what animation could bring to that. Well, obviously, the genie in Aladdin is such an iconic character. For you as an animator, a director, and a, a, a Disney magician, I want to say, <laughs> when you create those characters, do you always have in mind that they could go on to be as you know, big as, as they are within households and children's lives and adults' lives, or do you just kind of create them for, for your love of it and then you know, let, it, let it grow? I think every time out, we try and create new characters and new stories. I don't tend to think that, oh, uh, as I'm drawing this, this is going to become so huge. Yeah. Uh, you know, no, that doesn't happen. We're really trying to make the best characters and the best stories that we can. And it's the public that will tell us, <laughs> you know, whether we've done a good job or not and, and whether they take certain characters to their heart. So. so obviously here we are today at the XL celebrating 100 years of Disney, of which you've played a massive part in as well over your time with Disney. How do you think Disney has impacted the world lives over the last 100 years? What do, what do you think it's brought to people's lives, in your opinion? You know, I think we all have common experience with things Disney. You know, often the very first movie a kid will see in the movie theater will be a Disney film. You know, and I think we all have memories of that. I mean, I remember being in my pajamas and bathrobe and going to the drive-in to see 101 Dalmatians when it came out. <laughs> you wow. <know? laughs> wow. So those are the kinds of things that stick with you. I mean, the very first Disney film I ever saw was Dumbo, and it's still my favorite film. 
And because the Disney films have universal themes in them and characters that are completely appealing, they stand the test of time. You know, they, they tend to age well. Animation has a good shelf life, you know, because, uh, you know, Dumbo isn't dressed in fashions from the 1940s. <laughs> yeah, and also as well, animation isn't made, in my opinion, it's not just made for children. It's made for adults, it's made for everybody. It's I made love for, you. <laughs> yeah, it's made for grandparents. And I do think as well, there's, there's always an animation especially within Disney for you. You know, whether you're feeling sad, if you're feeling happy, if something's happened in your life, you can always go to a Disney animation and feel better, I hope, anyway. I, I think that's very true, and I think that's one reason that Disney has been around for a hundred years, because these, these films, these characters, represent that joy, that happiness, that you can get when you're absorbing other characters who reflect your own attitudes and your own issues and and come out the other side being, so yeah you know, being great <laughs> being great so i uh, i present a radio show here in the uk and i think that some of them may want to see me in a disney film could you animate me do you think i've got the look uh, let's see okay yeah. uh, okay <laughs> There's going to be a caricature here, but... Okay. I do have quite a big head, so if you can make it smaller, that would be great. <laughs> I never thought the day would come when Eric Goldberg would be drawing me. Comes down here. Wow. I'm already seeing myself come to life. I can see five films already, Eric. <laughs> you want a multi-picture deal, right? Yeah, yeah is okay. okay? Is there somebody I can get in contact with for that? Uh, probably not. <laughs> looking good <laughs> there you go you're a Disney character <laughs> check that out do I get to keep that yeah oh wow there we go Connor's a Disney character <laughs> Eric thank you so much for your time and yes Eric actually drew a picture of me he actually drew what I would look like in a Disney film he signed it as well that is definitely going on my bedroom wall number three. Oh, I love number three it's everything Marvel now, if you know Connor, you will know that I love Marvel, and it was so cool seeing the actual props from the films. Okay, okay, now, I was really excited to bring you to this bit. One of my favourite Disney things, Marvel! Do you love Iron Man? Iron Man mask from the 2018 Avengers Infinity War film. Hold on, do you think that could fit me, maybe? I don't know, but how cool is that? And then, do you love Captain America? Yeah, sure you do. Look, Captain America's shield. Uh, it's, it's very cool. Now, in 2009, the Walt Disney Studios bought the Marvel Company, bringing the Disney magic to your favourite superheroes. Now, my favourites are Iron Man and Captain America. And in the exhibit, there is the actual Captain America shield. Yes, that he uses to protect America during the World War II. And Tony Stark's actual Iron Man helmet. You should have seen Connor's face when I turned the corner. I saw, yes... Iron Man's actual helmet and Captain America's actual shield. I had to get one of the people working there and just check. Is this actually, like, actually it? It is very, very cool. Did you know the Captain America shield was originally a completely different shape? It had more of a kind of pointy arrowhead look when it was first designed, but another superhero called Shield had just been released with a very similar shape, so Marvel decided to change it to the famous blue and red circle. 
Now, fourth on my list is Cinderella's glass shoe. So again, I was walking through the exhibition. I turned a corner and I saw a very, very cool glass shoe. And I knew exactly what it was. This glimmering glass shoe has pride of place in one of the 10 gallery spaces. It looks so precious and very delicate. Yes, the Cinderella movie was so special because it was the first full length fairy tale movie after World War II. Disney made the movie as hopeful and symbolic as possible. Only problem is, I don't think the slipper is in my size. I think I'm likely to break it if I try it on. I did also ask another person working there. Just this in a size 8. So there we go. We've had four super cool things that you can check out at the Disney 100 exhibition at the XL London. And uh, I think we should finish it with my final one on the list of my top five. And it wouldn't be Disney without Mickey Mouse. Well, hiya, Connor. It's such an honour, pal. And guess what? I actually got to talk to the real Mickey Mouse, or more accurately, the man behind the mouse. Brett Irwin. We have flown through the exhibition. We've had so much fun. We've been finding some very cool people, and I think you might be the coolest. I'm the just coolest. Saying. Yeah, the oh. coolest. I am joined by Brett Irwin. Hi, Brett. How are you? I'm wonderful. Thank you. Um, Brett, I, I, you, you're best to tell everybody who you are because <laughs> I don't want to say. I want you to say. Explain. Oh well, who you uh, are? I have had the pleasure and honor of voicing Mickey since 2009. So, hi, pal. It's me, Mickey Mouse. I'm a uh, wow. Yeah. Can Interview you just say? done. Did you say hello, Connor, in that voice? Well, hiya, Connor. It's such an honour, pal. There we go. Fantastic. <laughs> Brett, how has it been voicing Mickey? I mean, what an incredible character to be the voice of. It Absolutely. must have been overwhelming for the last how many years, you know? Four, 14 years now. Um, yeah, overwhelming is a great word. Um, intimidating, um, surreal, all also are appropriate. Um, you know, I grew up being a huge Disney fan, particularly of Walt Disney and his story and his legacy. Um, as such, loved Mickey Mouse. And I was just always, I learned to draw by drawing Mickey Mouse. I always dreamed of being a Disney animator and a Disney artist. Um, never once dreamed of being the voice of Mickey Mouse or even having that opportunity. So the, the fact that I've now been doing it for the past 14 years, um, still doesn't quite feel real. I've had so many projects come and go and, and opportunities where I just kind of pinch myself and go, how is this real? Yeah. How am I living this life? Well, when you, when you think of characters, I don't think there's a more iconic character than Mickey. Yeah, it's, he's truly universal. Yeah. Um, you, know, I, you know, anywhere in the world, if I say, oh boy, somebody knows who I am you know, voicing. So it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's an incredible legacy to be a part of. It's really, really cool to meet you as well and hear oh, you do the you. voice. Because that is just like, for me, it's bringing back everything that I love so much about Disney. So obviously you are an artist as well. We're joined yes. by a very, very cool uh, drawing that you, you have done. Thank you. Was it always the dream as well to kind of go into that voice space? Because two very different things. You're drawing one day and then the next minute you're voicing Mickey. Yeah. Two very yeah. different worlds. How Absolutely. did it kind of happen that that overlapped? You know, I pursued art, as I mentioned, never never thought of being a voice actor. That was really never on my radar. I just did Mickey's voice for fun to entertain my friends. Um, it was just kind of a cool thing. I thought, oh, look, I can sound like Mickey. Again, being a huge admirer of Walt Disney, knowing he was the first voice of Mickey, I thought, oh, I'm doing something like Walt. Drawing was always my passion. Art was always my passion. Um, and so I went to school, got a degree, got a, started my professional art career, um, and then that's when the audition process unfolded and I submitted my audition, got the Mickey role. And I remember thinking when I got the voice of Mickey role, I wanted to give, give it my all. I wanted to really focus on voicing Mickey, this new craft that I hadn't really 
had no experience doing prior to that. Um, but being an artist never went away. I was doing it for fun, you know, for personal fulfillment on the side, and I wanted to find a way to integrate it back into my life professionally. So I started doing freelance, freelance projects, um, started up my own small little design company, doing some stuff, um, and and as such, and and with the more. Uh, people I met throughout the Disney company, more opportunities presented themselves, so I started designing stuff for Disney Parks merchandise um, for the D23 fan club. Um, and then, more, most recently, as you mentioned, um, celebrating Mickey's 95th anniversary, I was yeah. asked to do Mickey's official wow. portrait. How was that? Uh, you know, still to this day, I'm looking at it, and I, I, as an artist, I don't think you feel like your work's ever done. So I can look at it and go, oh, I wish I could, you know, give me a paintbrush, somebody. I'm gonna keep working on it. Yeah. Um, completely surreal. I grew up with tons of Mickey books and I remember one of them specifically had all of Mickey's portraits in them and I would look at those paintings and think wow I, I want to paint like that someday I want to be able to paint Mickey that well um, so in a way actually you are Mickey like you've, <laughs> grow, you've grown up haven't you as much as you've yeah. voiced Mickey you have grown up living Mickey Mouse. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, yes, Mickey's been a part of my life the entire time. I learned to draw by drawing Mickey. I'd pause the old cartoons and sit on the floor and draw them. Um, I went to art school. You know, I, I also have been fortunate enough, coincidentally, just to follow a similar track to Walt Disney. Uh, we, I grew up in, in Los Angeles. We moved to a small town, a small farm town in Illinois, not too unsimilar to Walt Disney's small town in Missouri. Um, I went to school in Florida, so I was really close to all the Disney parks in Florida. And it had my, to happen. You had to work for Disney. My first job, I auditioned for Mickey actually living in Kansas City, Missouri, where Walt Disney got his start in animation and formed wow. his first. So I literally auditioned for Mickey, was um, offered the role, and I made the move from Kansas City to Los Angeles to Hollywood, just like Walt Disney did. Wow. Um, so it was a very surreal path, um, which has only informed not only my appreciation, but honestly, I, I think about that journey a lot. I feel like sometimes in life we, as humans, may peak. And what I mean sure. by that is we hit a point where yeah. we go, I've kind of done it. And I, I think for you, it's like whatever comes next in your life and your career, it's like, this is the best. Oh. It doesn't really get any more special than this. Yeah, but but the, the fear of peaking doesn't ever go away, <laughs> yeah. does it? Because you hit that achievement. And something really, really weird that happens when you do have those moments, you think, you know, you've, you've dreamt about it, you've anticipated it, and then it actually happens to you and you go, okay, well, what's next? And that's the one thing people always ask me, do you have any advice for, for young kids? And I always say, dream big, pursue those dreams, but never stop dreaming. Because wow. every time you achieve, you need to come up with a new dream to keep yourself going. And that was what I was gonna ask you as well. We have, a, we have a bunch of kids, thousands, that listen across the UK, and we always encourage them to follow their dreams. Absolutely. And what a great you know, person to get that yeah. from, yourself. <laughs> um, just, just the final bit, really, and I wanna focus on Mickey as well, because we have you here, and I think sure. that's important. Mickey is so special. He's special to you, special to me, but why do you think it is Mickey that becomes so like what is it about Mickey Mouse because I'd love to get that from you I know what it is for myself sure but why do you think universally he is so special do, is, do you think it's because all of the different ways Mickey is you see yourself in all of those different parts of Mickey I, I wonder what it is for you yeah no I think that's a great way of saying it you know Mickey is uh, he's truly a reflection of all of us we recognize something in Mickey that we see in ourselves, and, and usually Mickey's been along for the ride, right? We have memories of him as, when we were children, and then we have memories of with him as adults, you know, and, and throughout life. Um, so he's re truly reflecting us at different times, but I always reference uh, something Walt Disney said, which was that Mickey Mouse was a small personality assigned to the purpose of laughter. Um, and wow. I think truly it's Mickey's simplicity that transcends 
all that's going on around the world, all that's going on throughout history, and it's what's given him the ability to sustain his appeal and popularity for 95 years. I mean, who else can say that? That's such an extraordinary thing. And, and he's not slowing down. He's not, he's not going down. away. No, and he's um, just growing as well, isn't yeah. he? Oh, I'd love to have the talent of just being able to walk into a room and be Mickey. <laughs> so, so cool to chat to Brett as well. Not only, I didn't know, is he an amazing voice actor, but he's also a really cool artist and just a little peek behind the curtain. Throughout that whole chat, to my left, I did mention it in the interview as well, there was the coolest picture of Mickey that he drew. He's a very talented man, that Brett. And that's it. If you enjoyed the episode, give us a follow so you don't miss future episodes and rate the podcast five stars too, because uh, I think I deserve it. We're always looking for reviewers to come on the show and tell us their favourite films and why they love them. And yeah, that could be you. If you want to get involved with episodes in the future, head over to funkidslive.com forward slash stream it and send me a message telling me about your favourite movie. And obviously, most importantly, if you want to check out the Disney 100 exhibition at the XL London, you can head over to Disney 100exhibit.com to grab your tickets now. From me, see you soon, uh, and hey Mickey, anything to say? Well gosh, thanks for listening everybody, see you real soon. <laughs> <laughs>